Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Jonathan de Burke Butler joins us once again to bring his story from other parts of the world. Jonathan, good afternoon. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right, we're going to go to Nigeria first. And uh, uh, did the police arrest people in a church? Or what they was did. going on? They there? arrested two people in a church. These were the two pastors who uh, were the head of the whole Bible Believer Church, uh, which is one of thousands of churches in Nigeria. This particular case took place in the state of Ondo, which which wouldn't be one of the well-known states of, of, of Nigeria. This is down in the southwest, although it's not far from Lagos. It's relatively small. It only has about 3.6 million people living in it. This particular town where this took place, which is called Ondo City, has a population of about a quarter of a million people. And that, that's where this particular church is based, right? So it was kind of a private church, let's say, that was being run by these two pastors. And it came uh, to the attention of uh, a mother whose daughter was in the church or who attended the church regularly that she wasn't being released from the church to go and register for her high school exams, right? Mm. So there had been reports around this church, you know, that there was worshipping going on 24-7, that it was very noisy, that people who went in to sort of ask about what was going on would end up getting sort of attacked and told to leave. And um, this woman lodged a complaint with the police in Ondo City and the police went to investigate. And when they went there, they discovered that there were the guts of about 70 people who had been detained, or at least that's what the police think, in there uh, by the two pastors. Now, they had been detained in there with the promise that a rapture was going to happen. So a rapture, of course, as you know, is when Jesus comes along for the second time and takes everybody away with him up to heaven, right? Right. And these guys had allegedly promised that the rapture was going to happen in April. It didn't happen in April, probably because COVID restrictions or something like that, or there was something else going on. But it had been rescheduled to September. And that's why the people were still in this particular church. So anyway... The, Sorry, Jesus rescheduled second well, G- coming. G- Jesus rescheduled, yes, yes. Again, probably because of COVID or something, yeah. or he was busy doing something else. Who knows? But anyway, it, it, the rescue took place on Friday night. And when they, when they went in, they found 26 children, eight teenagers and 43 adult members. Now, it's not known for sure whether all of those 26 children, in fact, we know that some of those children and certainly some of the teenagers weren't there with their parents, right? So they had basically been kidnapped uh, and had been kept there against their will, albeit some of them will argue that they wanted to stay for the rapture. Um, Of course. So um, that's what happened in this particular case, but investigations are ongoing. Uh, There was something about a dungeon being there? Yes, well, the the pastors have basically, quite remarkably, they did an interview with the Associated Press uh, and they said, first of all, that they had never given a specific date as to when the the rapture was going to happen, (laughs) which I suppose could get them out on a technicality. Uh, And they specifically noted that there was no dungeon in the place. Now, whether they said that because they were asked, was there a dungeon there or they just sort of said it off the the cuff, I don't know. But uh, they've denied that there is a dungeon there, but in denying it, Maybe that's that'll a, take that's the investigation. It's an odd one to volunteer. Yeah, it must be said. Right. Uh, the Middle East, we're going to uh, go to now, or, or the West Bank, I suppose, specifically. Mm. Now, I think it had been reported before that Ben and Jerry didn't want their ice cream being sold there, but now this has left them in an interesting legal situation. It has. Uh, you're right to start off there, actually, Sean, to be honest with you, because it was last July that Ben and Jerry's basically said that they weren't going to renew 
the license arrangement that they had with a guy called uh, Avi Zinger, right? They'd had that arrangement for the best part of 30 years. And the reason they weren't going to renew it was because they had problems selling the ice cream in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, less so East Jerusalem, but let's not get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Let's just keep it at the West Bank, right? And um, they said they weren't going to renew the license, okay? So that became a bit of a problem. They went into a legal whole debacle with this guy, Avi Zinger. They settled that side of the dispute and it seemed that everybody was happy. Mm-hmm. But Unilever who is the parent company in Ben & Jerry's, they bought Ben & Jerry's back in 2000, went and sold this particular branch of Ben & Jerry's to the same guy, A.V. Singer. Oh, right? my God. Now, in the deal that they cut, they basically said, right, you can... Th- they used to produce and sell the, the product, right? And in the deal that they cut, they said, OK, we'll let you use the same flavours, very similar packaging, but the Ben & Jerry's logo can only be used in Arabic or... Um, Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, it can only be used in, but not in English, right? And so I guess this was a way of Unilever trying to, you know, make a bit of money by selling the product. And they have specified that they're not getting any money off the license because the license doesn't exist anymore, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's not a continuous income. So Ben and Jerry's have now gone and sued Unilever in a district court in Manhattan. Um, and they're basically saying that they need to do it in order to protect their global brand. And it goes against everything that they uh, that they stand for. Um, so it's it's actually more of a problem between Ben and Jerry's and Unilever now, really, more than anything. Uh, that's an interesting. Well, I suppose it's it's slightly je- Jesuitical that, that you know the difference they're making between the not putting the brand in English. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's a fudge, if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a pun fest. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, and uh, this is uh, we'll go to uh, in. Well, this is I suppose Indian film director in Canada uh, facing death threats. Yeah, Why? this is this is a woman by the name of uh, Lena Mani Mikale, and she's an Indian filmmaker, as you said. She's she's relatively well known. Uh, in India and this has caused huge controversy in that part of the world right so she's now been denounced in about five or six different provinces when I looked at this first there was um, the authorities had basically taken two uh, denounced her in two states but now it's it's getting even more widespread and as you said death threats uh, have been levelled against her this is because of a film that she made called Kali okay now Kali is an Indian goddess alright and but in the film that she made while on a visit to a Canadian university, um, she depicted this goddess as being a little bit rogue, shall we say, or roguish, okay? Mm. Um, Smoking a going around town, going around Toronto, smoking cigarettes, covering herself in the pride flag, talking to homeless people and all this kind of thing. And of course, there would be many in the Hindu world, specifically in India, who don't like that kind of thing because they think it basically hurts religious sentiments. And indeed, these are some of the one of the charges that have been leveled against her, right? So this thing was aired um, at a festival, I think, or a museum in Toronto. But the poster for it was the thing that caused the controversy because you can imagine the whole film didn't get shared on social media, but the poster did because that depicted the scene that I just described there right. of Kelly okay. smoking a cigarette and basically acting the ham rasher, for want of a better way of putting it, right? Um, so yeah, you're you're right to say that she has 
received, she says, between herself and her families and other uh, her family and other people who contributed to the movie, um, about two hundred thousand threats, uh, all told. Two hundred thousand threats. Yeah, two hundred thousand threats. Now, this is what she says. Now, she's not backing down. It should be said. I was just looking at, at some news from India before I came in, and in fact, she has gone and tweeted a picture of uh, Shiva, which is another god, mm. a well-known Indian god in the Hindu pantheon, uh, smoking a cigarette as well alongside this uh, lesser known goddess Kali. So she's not backing down at all. She's basically saying that there is a campaign against her, which is being run by the BJP, which is Narendra Modi's party, of course, uh, and would have elements, shall we say, of of, of right wing you yes, know, or indeed. fanatical yeah. Hinduism in it. I don't think that's, yeah, I, I don't think that's uh, in dispute. Um, and she says that this is a campaign against her to to silence her, and she's uh, she's not going to take it. Yeah, is she is she resident in Canada or is she? I guess she would be uh, amongst India? the. I, I guess she would be amongst the uh, the Indian community there. What's interesting is when I went to look for news stories, you know, te- televisual news story, television news stories about her. There wasn't anything in Canada, but it was being covered all over India. So ah, right. I, I'm wondering, is she trying to? you know, make more out of it so that she can seek asylum in Canada because were she to go back to India, I think she'd be in quite a bit of trouble. Right, uh, Sri Lanka we're going to go to next and uh, I suppose uh, people listening may well know that there are people occupying the presidential palace in the hope that the seven siblings who run Sri Lanka uh, (laughs) might consider uh, stepping down. How close are they to that happening? Yeah, that's that's the ultimate question. I mean, this is the Rajapaksa family who have been involved in Sri Lankan politics for the guts of, uh, well, God, 15 years, I'd say. They were the, the two brothers, uh, Gotbaya and uh, Mahinda, who were responsible for getting rid of the Tamils back in 2009, very mm, suddenly, viciously. if you remember. Yeah, yeah. and that, that could well be a problem for them if they do resign. This is part of the reason why they're they probably need to leave officially, which they haven't done yet, right? So, uh, as you alluded to, there was massive protests. There have been for the last three, three or four months because of food shortages and blackouts and uh, energy blackouts and all sorts of things. Um, but last Saturday, the presidential palace was re- invaded effectively by protesters, people swimming in the pool. And the Gotbaya Rajapaksa, who's the president, had s- announced through the speaker on Saturday that he was going to resign, but he hasn't done it officially yet. He's saying that it's going to happen on Wednesday. And what's very interesting about this is that he tried to flee the country through the airport, but was stopped going through the VIP lane. He didn't want to go into the normal lane because he would have been mobbed. Yeah. So it looks like what he's trying to do here is he's trying to leverage that, res- that official resignation letter in order to allow himself to get out because because he's still president... He will have immunity from prosecution up until the day yes. that he is uh, that he actually officially resigns. So a bit of leverage there for him, but it's fascinating stuff if uh, if you want to go and have a further look into the whole scenario. Yeah, the huge wads of cash they found in the presidential yeah. palace might yeah. have something to do with that. Uh, Jonathan, thanks, William, thanks, as sure. ever. Jonathan DeBarca Butler, there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, we're going to be talking to a man who lives in a tree. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.